0: Good day. Welcome to Shepherd the Sheep. Today, elders Gina Glamour, Chris Youngson, and Jason Vaughn are in studio, and we are here to talk about the Holy Spirit and the church. Welcome back. It's good to have you guys.
1: Hey. Good morning. Chris is here.
0: Yeah. Welcome, Chris.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Is you're
0: back from Korea for a little bit? And then, uh, so glad to get you in studio while you're here.
1: It's a pleasure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And uh, here to talk about the Holy Spirit. So Mm -hmm. it's good.
2: This is the uh, Fireside Podcast, by the way. This This is is the Fireside
1: Podcast. Brought to us. It is nice.
2: Yes. Sitting by Crackling Wood. Yep. Chopped by um, members of. Uh... Yep.
0: <laughs> chopped by a member of Cornerstone. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, Shout yeah. out to you. Thank you. Yeah. Good job, Sean. So when uh, a when a when a person in the church says, "Hey, I love to split wood," uh, and you have wood <laughs> to split, and uh, you call them because uh, you d- you don't want to take away somebody else's fun. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. So glad to have. Yeah. Glad to have it. Uh, So you might hear some popping in the background. It's just the wood. Yes. Just the wood. Yep. Isaiah, just the wood. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Also have great coffee. Yes. Great coffee. Gabe, uh, my youngest son, brought that to So Yeah. Yeah.
2: I got to get my kids on on brewing coffee for me. Yeah. All kinds
0: of discipleship happening in this house. I like it. Yep. So today we're here to talk about the Holy Spirit and the church. Because uh, there is probably some confusion uh, on the Holy Spirit, but also uh, just in keeping with kind of a recent series that I did on uh, the fruit of the Spirit from Galatians five, uh, while it's fresh on our mind, we had more questions, more things to say, more things to talk about. Uh, so probably beneficial to do that today. Yeah, yeah, uh, including the the one the one that I always bring up is um why the Holy Spirit prevents me from worrying about uh the slippery slope. And so I look forward to kind of talking about that here in a little bit. Uh because uh yeah, in our circles it's weird. The slippery slope is like it's like the big bad boogeyman. And so you can't say things because it's possible that what you say will open the door to somebody's bad doctrine. And, and though I, though I appreciate the fear of, I appreciate the desire to be biblical. Uh, I don't think that fear should drive us.
2: Yes. I think that's a subset of (sighs) fear, man. Yes. Uh, because you know, it's, you're, you're scared that, um, someone might be led to sin and so you try to put up fences, and so right. I think that's like the whole uh, i think your whole series your your uh, two part series on galatians and and the fruit of the spirit was very helpful right, right? uh because like you, you'd mentioned in that sermon that that that's kind of our our the, the tendency of human beings is to set up those rules or fences yep. so that we don't we're not so that we're safe right yes. By the way, I I hate that word safe because I I feel like every TV show is like, once they start saying like, you know, our entire goal is to keep you safe. It's like, you know that, you know, the show is going (laughs) to like, okay, this this is going to be one of those shows. Like everything's about keeping people safe.
0: Yes. uh, Uh,
2: And, and, um, it's interesting though that it does draw out the motivation of human beings mm -hmm. that our goal is like safety Mm -hmm. and, but we're, we're trying to find it in the wrong places. Yes. Agreed. So it's kind of like, oh yeah, we, will go, we gotta be safe from sin. So let's set up rules and fences so that we don't even think about possibly getting into that wrong road. When really, it's um, um I don't know. This is where you, you helped us uh, these couple sermons. Yeah, how does the? I mean, in, in no, your you're mind, right. Because yeah. like
0: <clears throat> the the desire to be safe. I'm actually am safe because I I have a relationship with the Lord. I have the indwelling Holy Spirit. And even the understanding of the resurrection means that if you're like, well, but you're going to die. Yeah, of course I'm going to die. But I understand a little bit of what's on the other side to the point to where like, okay, so I'm going to go be with Jesus Christ in a glorified body and not struggle with the things of this world anymore and be done serving in a difficult world where the trials are real and the pain is real, and I'm instead going to be with Christ. Yeah, I'll take that.
2: Yeah. But to be fair, though, like it's not automatic. It's not like you yeah. get saved and all of a sudden, you know, the, the, and this is where like the, the, uh, oftentimes I think it's a wrong, uh, you, you take a text. In a bunch of narratives, especially in the Old Testament, where the Holy Spirit comes upon a person, right, and it's like this automatic, controlled thing that God does once, once you finally tapped into His power. Yeah. Um, but it's 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 not really that. Uh, I I don't think we can take those verses and make much of it. I, I think that's where we go wrong. We have we have the New Testament scriptures that clearly lay out what the how the Holy Spirit leads us. Yes. Uh, galatians five twenty two being one of those passages and and many others right right and so um I think that's very helpful like it's not automatic you actually gotta learn right yeah. you gotta learn some information
0: yeah i i would i would say the indwelling is automatic right right um uh but learning how to um uh, discern uh his voice takes time, correct yeah yeah, because... But that's the key then, right? Yes. So that's why I say, like, I know the more I understand my relationship with God, the more safe I feel. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously I'm not going to be unwise and go drive 100 miles an hour in my truck and ignore the car in front of me's brake lights, you know, because I trust the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Like, th- that, those, those are always these really absurd, like kind of responses to a conversation like this. Right. You know, but so let's throw absurd responses out and let's just talk about who the Holy Spirit is, what a believer, how that relates to the believer. And then, right. Then kind of your point, learning how to follow him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You made a phenomenal point. Like the goal is knowing God. Yeah. Knowing God. And, um, there's a difference between two kinds of Christians who, whose goal is to know God and the other Christian whose goal is to not sin.
0: Yeah. And that's two different things. They they are two different things. Yes. And the, the one whose goal is not to sin. When we talk about, no, the goal is to learn how to serve. They always come back with this, but like, but but you know, you like got to avoid sin too. And it's like, yeah, yes. But your, your problem with this discussion is actually indicative of the problem of your thinking. Right. And that's, that's what this series did this last time where, because, you know, I've spent a long time on the law and reading a lot of reformers right now and have a slightly different take on the law than they do, Mm -hmm. but it's not like I'm engaging them with an uneducated background on the law. Like I, in seminary, that was kind of my side study for a long time, trying to figure out what, what do you do with this law thing? it took like seven or eight years of study <clears throat> before I finally was like, okay, now, now it all makes sense to me. Um, now, again, that's not like everyday study. That's like, hey, you know, like thinking a little bit here, thinking a little bit there, learning from my professors, you know, talking to Dr. Barrick, talking to Dr. Vlock, mm-hmm. you know. So all these conversations and then finally kind of like, oh, okay, cool. But when you talk about this, everybody always brings up like, oh, so you're saved by grace and then you don't bind yourself to the law. You know, the common response from the more immature per- person is, oh, so we can just go do whatever we want because we're not under law. Mm-hmm. Like so you can just go sin because you have grace. And it's funny, right? It's so common that that even God made sure to write that question and answer that in Romans six. And I'm not trying to I'm not trying to insult anybody by calling you an immature believer, but that response is a sign of immaturity. Mm-hmm. And so you've got to then say, wait a minute, if that's my response, then I need to go learn why my response is wrong, because the gospel is freeing, and Galatians 5.1 talks about that you've been freed, and that the freedom there is law, right? He's setting up law versus relationship. You have a relationship with the Lord, why do you need to then turn around and bind yourself to a law? Like you have, a like Christ freed you, and you have a relationship with him. But I think the concern for a lot of people is, but, 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 but like we should pursue holiness. And for some people it's holiness is not doing these things. And in a sense, that's right. But I would ask you this, like in, in that Galatians five passage in the fruit of the spirit. Um, and I don't think I mentioned this by the way, Sunday in the sermon, um, bonus. Yeah. That if you were, if you knew somebody and you said, Oh, tell me about Johnny, and they were like, oh, Johnny? Johnny's the most loving, joyful, peace-pursuing, patient, kind, good, faithful, gentle, and self-controlled person you ever met. Mm. Nobody would turn around and be like, oh, that sounds ungodly, <laughs> right. right? Most of us would be like, man, that's a, that's a pretty holy person. That That's a person that looks like Jesus Christ in his walk. Mm-hmm. And that's the point, right? If you're pursuing, if you're following the Spirit's influence and you're doing these things, then you are living a holy life. And you're also, honestly, that, that there's a lot there. You're also probably not pursuing your selfish desires and, and pursuing your sinful desires. Mm-hmm. Because if you're pursuing to love, to make sure people understand the peace they have with God, If you're patient with them, kind, if you're good, right? And good there is like, right, to to be good is to understand who God is and to live in light of who God is. And so then you're faithful, right? Not only faithful to follow him, but faithful in the things that God has given us to do. You know, your faithful husband, spouse, um, parent, if you have kids, you know, employee, employer, faithful to your church. Like all of those things are spirit-filled you know, if you're doing those things, you're you're going to be growing in holiness. You're, mm. you know, and so again, that's that thing. It's like <clears throat> you're you're better off to go learn how to play offense than you are to learn how to play defense. Mm. Understanding you got to play a little bit of defense.
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, I was teaching uh, John how to drive. Um, so I took him up on the hill, and uh, you know, one thing that prevents you from going backwards. There's two things you can do. You can either step on the brake in order to prevent you from going back, or you can step on the gas and just go forward, and it'll prevent you from going back. Right. right. So what we're saying here is step on the gas so that you're you're, you're not sinning because if you're pursuing going forward, um, then you're not going back. And it's different from just stepping on the brake because you're not going anywhere. Mm. Both kind of prevents you from something, but the other one, Propels you to go where you need to go.
0: Right, mm-hmm. right. That's a good point. <clears throat> yeah, I, that that's why I like that marathon analogy yep.
1: too. Yeah. Same thing. If if the marathon is not, yeah, stopping for a drink, yeah, you know, then and he's just running one foot in front of the other, yeah, and he'll he'll go towards the mark yeah i'm more of a walker though i'm yeah. a walker marathon. you can do that too yeah, yeah that's fine yeah. but even in your
0: training right <laughs> yeah. really does somebody go okay today we're waking up and we're, we're we're preparing for the uh the 13k walk run um you know you don't ever drive to the bar and say okay now don't go there mm-hmm. right and then drive to someplace else and be like okay and then don't do that right right you yeah. just get up and you say okay how do we do this we gotta we gotta, we gotta learn how to put one foot in front of the other and strengthen ourselves to walk faster to finish the marathon.
1: Yep. And in doing that, you don't, yeah, you, you avoid all these other things. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Which makes sense. Okay. So I think the first question probably is who is the Holy Spirit? Because, mm. and that not what is the Holy Spirit, but who is the Holy Spirit? Yes. That's a very important point. Mm. Very important distinction. A power to wield. Oh gosh. It powered
2: electricity to. You got to turn on the light switch. <sighs> you got to figure out how to turn on the light switch so you can plug in and just be energized in a
0: ecstatic kind of way. Yeah, it's a good thing I trust God's aim with lightning bolts. <laughs> <laughs> it's a that, force that is the most. Honestly, though, that's how people think of the Holy Spirit. Right. Uh, the other one they think of is emotions. Yes, the Holy Spirit is the emotion center of God.
2: Oh, I wonder why, though. I, I I do wonder why, like, when you know that. I mean, I guess, I guess, like that feeling of love for God should be there if you understand who God is. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's an emotional thing. Agreed, but there's a difference between um, having, and I think this is where this is where like. Corinthians thirteen helps, and also like the, the the first part of Galatians before the fruit of the spirit, where it's talks about the works of the flesh. Yeah, there's an emotions there. There are, there are a set of emotions that are yeah. motivated by selfishness. Yeah, your goal is to just feel good. So you go to church, you want to sit. You know, you want to get in there and just, um, and, and you know, this is how a lot of church services um, orchestrate their their liturgy, right? They they want to get you into an emotional frenzy. It's kind of like a drug. Yes. Uh, they want to hook you with that because, right, they they can make you feel a certain way. And it's really a selfish feeling. It's like, gosh, I want this feeling so that I can get propelled for the rest of the week to do, uh, you know, to feel like I love God. Right. When really, um, uh, there's another, another set of emotions where it's like, gosh, God saved me because... Uh, for no 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 reason other than he loved me. Mm-hmm. That that's that's an emotional thing for me. Mm-hmm. That's very like wow. Why would God love me? I, and that that propels me to love people the way God loves people. Yes. Versus just seeking out an experience for my own selfish motive.
0: Well, that's a good point, G. Because I think you're right. I think yeah, um, uh, the pursuit of happy, the pursuit of feelings, is probably one of the bigger problems that we're facing right mm-hmm. now. Um, and, and that's why even, I, you know, you try to tell people like, look, feeling sad is not necessarily a problem. You know, it's why are you sad? What is going on? And there's probably something there that needs to be addressed in your heart, you know, depending on the answer, you know, but on the flip side, if you're sad, cause you just lost a loved one, well, that's okay. Be sad, mm-hmm. you know, right. especially if you're not sure of their eternal salvation, right. like that, that is hard to navigate.
2: Yes. Yeah. It, 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 but then there's also, I feel like there's also another category of emotions where you're led by it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, and everyone, like, human beings are emotional beings. Yeah. So the question is like, well, we could be led by it or we could be led by something else.
0: Yeah. yeah. But I think the reality is you're not led by emo- your emotions because your emotions are responding to something you're thinking. And so you're just, you people who are quote-unquote led by their emotions are actually... Responding. Uh, they're responding to lack of conviction, yeah. And so whatever mm-hmm. they emotionally feel drives them for that day, and so that 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 is a lack of conviction, you know. Because a convicted per, a person with conviction can say, "I know I feel like this, but that's wrong." I'm, and I know what Scripture says, and I'm going to follow the Spirit's leadership in this way. That's mm-hmm. really
2: good. That yep. that kind of fills out the that whole, um, you know, just. Emotional person. Well, everyone really can have the same emotions, but why do some people act yeah. a certain way, and yeah. why do some? Why do why are some people, you know, reactive? You know, yes. Uh, versus like, oh no, I'm not gonna. I'm not just gonna murder somebody because I'm mad, right? <laughs> right. So, um, the Holy Spirit is a is a person. So that was interesting. We we um uh. Right. I think if you number one, with that that statement there, like when you say the Holy Spirit is a person, that sounds so generic sometimes. Like can you help right. like fill that out?
0: Well one one thing, interesting note, um, in this kind of uh if people want to know what I do when I don't have preaching for three weeks, uh I read stuff that's probably boring to most of us. Mm. Um and so I'm reading um I'm reading um uh on dogmatics by Herman Bavink. Right now. And, um, which is honestly probably a boring topic for a lot of us, but it, it intrigues me. Um, cause, cause the first part of the discussion is how do we know, which is actually a more important question than people realize. How do we know it? How do we know truth? Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. And that, that's probably a way more important question than people mm-hmm. realize. Um, uh, because a lot of us are prone to know, to say, I know truth based on my experience and what I want. Mm-hmm. And so there there and the thing is there are theologians out there that say we can learn God by basically being introspective, which is which is false, uh, because the Holy Spirit is leading us to know God. Through the Word of God and the testimony of Scripture. Introspective
2: meaning, like you look within yourself. Yes, yes, okay. yes, yes.
0: In fact, I had this. Like I had somebody on Twitter tell me that the Holy Spirit is a force, and if I'll go into my prayer closet, i will figure it out. And I, I was like, this is why you need a community. Mm-hmm. You, you have, you have bl- you are blind, and you need people to look at you and say you're dead wrong. And I tried to tell her that in a very kind, gentle way. Um, but at the end of the day, too, some random stranger on Twitter, you know. So, um, but but Babing said this feeling. Is especially unfit to serve as the epistemic source of religious truth. And epistemology is how we know. Right. Mm-hmm. So feeling is especially unfit to serve as the you know as as feeding our brains of religious truth. Mm-hmm. For feeling is never a prius, a prior thing, but always something which follows later feeling only reacts to what strikes it and then yields a sensation of that which is pleasant or unpleasant, agreeable or unagreeable. Mm-hmm. So there you have Bavink even noting that feelings follow thoughts, not precede thoughts, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. Uh, is a slight annoyance for me. But, but I also realize it's culture because we'll say, I feel like this. Well, no, you really think that. But, mm-hmm. but I get it too. I feel like this has become our way of saying, hey, I, I, I yes. kind of think this.
2: I think I get that too because I, I feel like see I just said so just, uh, <laughs> yeah it it's just feel super like, I feel like- yeah. like yeah well I think what that means for me is like I have all this floating information in my head yeah. that my brain is like trying to put the puzzle together yeah so it's not actually a feeling you're right I think it is me um trying to like correlate my thoughts with the reality yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so when I say I feel like, it's really I think like, but yeah, that yeah, sounds yeah, yeah. weird. It doesn't sound as
0: or I hypothesize like. Yeah. Like sometimes yes. I'll hear people say I feel like and it, what follows is kind of in a hypothesis that they're not a hundred percent sure of, but they're leaning right. that way. Yeah.
2: So yeah. when we say that it's not emotional. Yeah, yeah. It's uh yeah, it's yeah. actually thinking.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So when somebody's like, I feel like in and out's better than a habit. It's obvious Fact. that they've not really come to the. They've not really Fact, arrived at yeah. sanctified conclusions yet. Yeah, they, <sighs> I'm just right. out here. How do I mute, mute Mike three? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh man, what do we do? Bringing an in and out guy on this thing. <laughs> yeah, all of us have our quirks, except for G and I. <laughs> Rimmel's not a coffee guy. Chris a coffee guy. Yeah, Which side is true. Ramil on? Yeah. See on the in and out or <laughs> habits side? Uh, right? I think it's a defense. I you know. think he's either or. Yeah.
2: I'm not sure. I think he, last time he said in and out. I so. can't convince him.
0: But, yeah. but Chelsea appreciates the dad joke. So there's a win. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. Just text her dad jokes. Trust me. Mm. Uh, anyway. Uh, okay. So, yeah, we, we haven't really answered the question yet. Who is the Holy Spirit? And I think that that's an important distinction because he's not a force. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not the father and the son in heaven wielding luke luke skywalker emperor palpatine light dark side force right he is actually what we would say is a person meaning that he's distinct and so even even the ancient creeds pick this up right the ancient creeds are are exegeting scripture they're not adding to Scripture. Mm -hmm. They're not adding commentary. Now, there are some of that which is theological conclusions, but they have noted that the Holy Spirit is not the Son and is not the Father and yet is fully God. Mm -hmm. I mean, the fact that holy is in the name needs to indicate that that he is, right, not, he did not obtain holiness. He is holy, and so the Spirit of God is holy and righteous and good and pure and true, and all that is in God is in the Holy Spirit. And he's not part God, not part God, right? When we talk about the Trinity, we're not saying that the Father's one-third God, the Son's one-third God, and the Spirit's one-third God, and together they make one, right? Because one-third plus one-third plus one-third is one. Mm-hmm. So free math people out there. That's not what we're saying. We're saying that... That when you think about the attributes of God and you think about the character and the nature of God, um, you need to realize that all of that answer is in the Father, Son, and Spirit. Mm-hmm. And the only distinction between the Son and the Holy Spirit and the Father is that the Son took on flesh. Mm-hmm. And so it is fair to talk about. I know I know classic Trinitarians hate, hate the idea of role, but they have a different word. It's I think it's like I, I need to I need to write this word down. They have a different word to describe that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit don't necessarily that they there's some level of distinction in them, right? The Father did not die on the cross, the Holy Spirit did not die on the cross. So Bruce Ware would say, Well, the role of the Son was to die on the cross. And then the classic Trinitarians are like, Oh, you can't use the word role. And there there's some word snobbery going on there. And they would hate that I would point that out, but that's true. Um, there's some word snobbery going on in the discussion. So the Holy Spirit has has a specific function as well. But in Acts 5, Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? Again, this is not a force he's lying to. This is a person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then later in verse 4, he says, you have not lied to men, but you have lied to God. And so there the Holy Spirit is even referenced as God. And so then you can go back to uh, Matthew twenty eight nineteen. go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so he's not saying that's one God manifest in three ways, right? He's acknowledging the three distinct personhood of each. And so then, then you ask the question, so, right, okay, so he is the person of God. You know, you can go back to Genesis 1 and kind of read into there that the Spirit was a part of creation, which, again, That the being the creator to me is one of the best arguments for scripture saying, Hey, this is God. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you can make an argument that the Holy Spirit is involved in the creation of the universe means that you're what scripture saying is, Hey, he's God. You're ascribing. Yeah. Because no, we are not, we are not actually even said as creating our kids. Mm hmm. Right, God. God is still acknowledged as creating our kids, Mm -hmm. and yet we realize, obviously, that there's a there's a role there, and that that has to happen through some kind of sexual union between man and woman, Mm -hmm. and it's only between man and woman. That's right. Yeah. So it's by design that that happens that way. Yeah. So let he who has ears hear. (laughs) but anyway um you see the point though that the Holy Spirit is fully God, and um you can you can read books like uh Saint Basil on the Holy Spirit is a really good book, and you'll see him early on I think he's four hundred a d three or four hundred ish a d he's making the argument that the Holy Spirit is fully God uh another book that you could read that's really helpful is Sinclair Ferguson's book on the Holy Spirit is really good that's uh I haven't finished that book, but every time I pick it up and read it, I think, man, this is really good. Uh, Horton's is good. There are a couple chapters in Horton's book on the Holy Spirit that are a little bit more difficult to read than others. But so just to mm. kind of give you a couple books there. Yeah. yep. Shout out to you. Good yeah, stuff. You could also <clears throat> pick up a good systematic theology and read on the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, maybe not Bruce Ware on that one, or not Bruce Ware, but I mean Wayne Grudem. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, and that that's even even bringing up Grudem. That's partly why we wanted to talk about that because I think I think for some of us, because of the charismatic issue that's out there,
2: mm-hmm.
0: we are we are more prone to talk about what the Holy Spirit doesn't do than we are to talk about what He does do. Right. And so you have people saying, well, he's not that, and he's Mm -hmm. not that, and he's not that, but the ability to say, the ability to recognize he's not that doesn't actually mean you know what he does. Right. And I think that was, that was one of my convictions early on was, man, I know a lot of us can talk about, you know, you bring up the Holy spirit. And the first thing that comes to a lot of our minds is, um, oh, the gifts of the spirit. Do you believe in the gifts? And it's like, man, there's so much more going on here than the (laughs) gifts. Are you a cessationist? And or? all you want to talk about, you're like in my mind, that's actually a molehill discussion. Um, and I realize that there are some people that the, the Holy Spirit is a mountain. But in my opinion, their, their mountain is out to lunch or is on a different planet for different reasons than the gifts. Mm-hmm. And it's because yeah. they don't know what he actually does.
2: Yep. I think the confusion is um, they, they don't realize that a bunch of the 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 texts that we read, where we see the Holy Spirit working in, in really fantastic, kind of wonderful ways, like you know, just kind of grandiose kind of ways. We we want to take that and we want to um, replicate it. Yeah, and um, that, that's a, that's a, I think that's just a human temptation. It's it's showy, it's big, it's um, but. Uh, but we have to realize that's a narrative. It's not actually teaching us what to do. It's teaching right. us what happened. Right. Yeah. And that's how that, that's that's always been that's that helps me understand that like, um yeah, there's a there's a narrative out there of, of kind of what the Holy Spirit did historically, but there's an everyday quiet working of of the, the Holy Spirit who tries to help us look yeah. like Christ. Yeah. And that's all over that's all mm-hmm. over scripture.
0: Yeah. I think <clears throat> I think on that you just kinda like danced around the Holy Spirit. When I think of the Holy Spirit's primary role, he is a testimony mm-hmm. and he is a testifier. And in a way, right, he is, he's is an advocate. And so Hebrews two talks about, um, you know, uh, two verse three, after it was first spoken to those who heard, uh, His as uh, sorry. I'm reading really fast and thinking, he slowed everything down. After it was at first spoken through the Lord, it was confirmed to us by those who heard, God also testifying with them both by signs and wonders and various miracles and by the gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, there the author is saying, hey, listen, we heard from those who first spoke, and their testimony was validated by these amazing things that you saw and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so those were there so that you could look at them and and without a shadow of a doubt say that's God at work, mm-hmm. yeah. And so of course you know I, I don't really want to go down that argument road, but of course some of them will say Well will see. But but why can't He still reveal it that way? And it's possible, but but to me that you've got to balance this out with like John sixteen and John sixteen twelve. I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. Now, this this next clause in verse 13 is interesting. For he will not speak of his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak. Now, this goes back to John 5, where Jesus basically says the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so, in that, you start to have this language where you realize that when the Trinity talks about speaking, they're talking about testifying and their testimony being not alone, but the testimony and the testify of the Trinity. Right. And so he's not right. The Holy Spirit is not alone as a force. He's not an agent that was hired. He's God speaking in line with the son and the father. Mm -hmm. Um, And he will disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify me for he will not take of mine and will disclose it to you. All things that the father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he takes of mine and will disclose it to you. Uh, then later he goes down to say, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, uh, I'm reading off my computer. I don't have my, my paper Bible in front of me. You know, um, right. Later he goes on to talk about how the spirit, or maybe it was earlier. This way I was needing my paper Bible, uh, how the spirit convicts the world. Oh, you know what it might be. <laughs> yeah, right. So later, John goes on to talk about how the Spirit will convict the world of sin, and how he will testify of the Son, and so that's the work that the Spirit is doing.
2: Yes. Yeah. Well, I like. Uh, I thought um, one of the um, answers that uh, that were helpful from the discussion we are having with the guys was um, that the, the spirit leads to salvation, repentance, loving my neighbor, conviction of sin, prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Yeah, just, just,
0: just, these are all like characteristic traits, interestingly. Yeah. Oh, yeah, see? I knew it was right. 16.8? Um, yeah, yeah. To and he... Okay. When he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment, concerning sin because they do not believe in me, and concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you no longer see me, and concerning judgment because the ruler of this world has been judged. And so there there you have Jesus even talking a lot about how the Spirit operates today. And the Spirit convicts the world of sin, and it convicts the world of its unbelief in Jesus Christ. And it also convicts the world that they are they are righteously bound that that it is righteous for them to be judged right and that god is right in that mm-hmm. which and often human's excuse me human responses to this is to just try to move the you know the line of what is right and wrong mm-hmm. to their own standard so anyway that that's the holy spirit's primary role is he's a testimony he testifies, but then you look at Ephesians one. He indwells us, so he's he's indwelling us, um, and in his indwelling us, according to First Corinthians two and three, he is teaching us as well. Yes, yep. Hmm. So we just covered a little bit of ground because we talked about who the Spirit is. He's the Person of God. What he does, he testifies. Testifies about the gospel, uh, and he indwells us. And in his indwelling, he teaches us. Yes. Okay.
2: Yeah, one of the major points I walked away with uh, the Galatians study is that he's leading us to, to know and grow in Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, I, I think as we learn Scripture, and this is where it's helpful to say, like, if you're just reading your Bible just to read your Bible, but you're not actually growing, knowing and growing in Jesus Christ, then you're missing the point of what the Holy Spirit's trying to teach us. It's not The information is really about knowing God, and um, and and living out what his character is, right? So that that's part of the witnessing, being testimony, yeah. and how the Spirit's working through us um, to other people. We testify of of Jesus Christ, not only in word but in deed. Mm-hmm. That's so important because the, the the Holy Spirit is not just truth, but the Holy Spirit, like because he is a full person of the Trinity, he has character. He's holy. He's good. He's righteous. Perfect judge, right? He's he's part of that character of God who's perfectly loving, perfectly patient, gentle, kind. Um, which is exactly what we have in Galatians chapter five,
0: right? Yeah. So why is the word of God important to this? And and it's like just the the spirit of God and the word of God kind of work together, right? Because what we're not saying is because you have the Holy Spirit indwelling you, you can go back into your prayer closet and revelation's going to come to you about what God wants you to do. Mm-hmm. So, why? where does the Word of God play in the Spirit's work?
1: Mm. Yep. All right, Chris.
0: Well, <laughs> on the spot.
1: Yeah, thanks. Well, he authored scripture, there you, you know, and mm-hmm. then he's not going to go against what he wrote. Right. Um, so then, you know, and that's where I, uh, Timothy, right, um, all scripture is, Breathe out by God. And so, um, and, and that's where, you know, when you talk about the Spirit leading you to truth, that's why we have the, the Scripture um, that we study it. we You know, it leads us to, um, to look to Scripture because it's not going to all of a sudden say, reveal new revelations to you that goes against what the scripture has already said. And I think even Peter talked about that, right? We have the, uh, something more sure than our experiences, which is God's word. Yeah. I think it's a fair thing to say that the, 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 the Holy Spirit does give us the, the,
2: the, the, a real desire to know truth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like if you're not getting fed the Bible, yeah. then you should be yearning for truth. Yeah. Like, like, gosh. And when you hear it, it's almost like ah, oh, that's what it tastes like.
0: Yeah, it's refreshing. It's
2: sweet, like yes. honey. It's refresh. It refreshes the soul.
0: Yeah, yeah. In Hebrews three seven, to go with your point, Chris. Therefore, just as the Holy Spirit says. And then he starts to quote scripture today. If you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. And so there, even Mm, the author of Hebrews says the Holy Spirit is the author of scripture. If Mm -hmm. you
2: hear his voice, do not harden. (laughs) Yes. Like if the Holy Spirit is working in you Mm -hmm. and he's, he's revealing to you, this is my word. Don't harden your heart. Don't harden your heart against it. Yeah. Like submit to it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so it's always weird when somebody says, well, God spoke to me or his spirit spoke to me. And then I was like, well, how do you reconcile what you just told me with this passage of Scripture? Yeah. You know, and then, well, then the cop-out is, well, the Spirit told me I need to leave my spouse. Yeah. Well, the Spirit did not tell you to do that. Yeah.
0: I always, that my response was always like, um, actually, God told me, Personally, that he did not
1: tell you that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because well, then what he you right? right now. Yeah.
0: Right <laughs> now, God is actually telling me he didn't tell you yeah, that. Yeah.
1: And if I want to hear him out loud, let me just read yeah. this verse out, out loud. Which is actually
2: a very fair response to someone that says they heard God's voice. Then, well, yes. if you get to hear God's voice, then, I'm, then I get to hear God's voice, you know? Yeah. Uh, but we actually have the scripture to back us up on that. Yep. Like, hey, you need to respond with God, what God actually said and put an in ink.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, well, and I th- that's the important part, right? Like if you want to, if you want to understand how God is communicating to you, um, the spirit is leading you. Like he is trying to influence you. Um, and the reality is he empowers you to follow him. So mm-hmm. it's a both and right. He's on both. Uh, he's on both sides of that relationship. And that, that was kind of that balance. I was trying to walk in Galatians five, you know, I'm walking to follow his influence. And at the same token, he's empowering me to, to listen and to follow and to grow. But it's not like, you know, somebody was like, that's a bit synergistic. Well, that's what the text says. So if you don't like it, that's that's fine. But that's what the text says. Um, you know, so the spirit, but to understand the spirit's voice, you've got to understand scripture because it's in scripture where, where God is fully revealed in the way that is good for us in righteousness. And if you go to that second Timothy, um, four passage, you know, he says, um, or, uh, You know that you uh, all scriptures inspired by God. It is profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. Like we have everything from Scripture that we need to be adequate and walking in good works and following the Spirit. Mm -hmm. So there are questions in Scripture that are not answered, and the reality is the answer to those questions are not what's necessary for me to walk in righteousness, following God. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Cuz somebody's always like, "Well, scripture doesn't say this." Well, then that's probably not a hill you need to die
1: on. You're barking at the wrong tree. Yeah. If
0: you're out there dying on the hill of your church's government, like you you're missing the way, the way the spirit is trying to lead you. The spirit is saying way more about ministry, yeah, than your your church's government. Yep. Go go follow the spirit. Yeah. Yeah. But if you don't have the spirit, then you don't you can't follow him, so.
1: Yep.
2: Yeah, if someone doesn't understand who the Holy Spirit is, they probably need the gospel.
0: Yes. Yeah, which is one of the answers that we asked those guys. That was that was one of the things I enjoyed about one of the answers was that it recognized that the person recognized that that a wrong view of the Holy Spirit means you probably don't know God, and so his response was to give him the gospel. Yeah. And I think amen. Like yeah. that's yeah, if you, if you don't know the gospel, if you don't if you deny the Holy Spirit, or don't view the the Holy Spirit as a person, as a person, right in the Trinity, then you you probably don't know who Jesus Christ is.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, or a, a unwillingness to to learn, right. right? If the person is just digging their heels and saying like, "Well, this is what I believe because this is what I feel," yeah, and and confronted with Scripture and confronted with truth, they don't want to bend. Yeah, then that's probably that's an indication of unbelief. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah oh you you guys are right, so with that said um uh, right, so the better you understand the Word of God, the spirit is going to lead you to understand that and and I would even say that that it's a community thing as much as an individual thing mm-hmm. you know there there are i have I have seen and we we've all seen many errors from people that that think of well, I just sit down with my Bible, it's me and my Bible and the spirit, and whatever mm-hmm. conclusions I come to are spirit filled mm-hmm. listen if if your church community is looking at you saying you're out to lunch, the spirit did not lead you that Mm. to think that, because the reality is like the spirit's testimony is so consistent that the community will pick up on that as well. Does that make sense?
1: Well, that's probably why Galatians followed with Galatians 6, one where you brothers who are spiritual restore such right? Spirit of gentleness. Yeah. Um, yeah, because you do need that brother or sister to come alongside you and let you know if you are out to lunch or barking at a wrong tree or yeah. you know, and, and kind of correct you the same way you know like yeah, and okay. it, if you have a community of believers who are who are mature in the faith and all telling you the same thing yep um it's probably it's it probably behooves of you to just. Okay, I'll, I'll submit.
0: Yeah. Well, and then that's a, the church discipline, right? Like, is the goal is restoration. And the reality is God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are working through the church at that point to try to get you to realize, hey, you got 25 people telling you that you need to repent. Like, you are wrong on this. Um, you know, kind of off that offshoot too, the unity of the Spirit kind of comes up here a little bit. In, in terms of the, the church. And and the reality is that all of us are not always going to agree down the line on everything.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that doesn't mean the Holy spirit is in one person and not in another. It just needs to, we, what we need to realize that there are some issues in scripture that are harder to understand. And because of growth and maturity and development, right. You know, some, some people are just missing information to make the right decision. Some people prioritize, different um different criteria differently right mm-hmm.
2: yeah mm-hmm.
0: um and so because sometimes the way you you're mentally prioritize you know for somebody that says the creeds are the most important you know before they say scripture says this they're going to go check and make sure the creed agrees with them mm-hmm. whereas somebody else might say well no the creeds the creeds can play a role and so but what scripture says you know, and so if they disagree with the creed, they may go, well, hey, but here's six reasons why I disagree with this creed, mm-hmm. you know, and yet both of those can be brothers. And the reality is it's, it's also a sign that we're just not in our glorified state. Mm-hmm. So I think the spirit is leading us to be humble and patient with people that are not hundred percent like-minded. And yet the reality is the spirit can keep us as a church unified in being about the gospel of Jesus Christ yeah? and in doing the work of ministry, yeah. even with those little disagreements. Amen. Yeah.
2: So that's that's real important, by the way, it
0: is super important because, you know, again, all of us, I've noticed this in the church, everybody kind of has their own pet doctrine, by the way. And, and that pet doctrine can unfortunately get in the way of ministry. Uh, And so you've got to, you've got to not let your pet doctrines replace what, what the ministry is. And the ministry is people knowing Jesus Christ and worshiping him. And so you can't let whatever pet, issue you have
1: start gotta to become them, so big. Yeah. Keep the main thing, the main thing. Yeah. Unless the pet issue is yeah. the gospel. I yes, <laughs> Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
2: if you're, if your church is dividing over anything, that's not gospel. Yeah. um, Then the spirit's actually not leading you that way. I yeah. think it's fair to say,
0: but in yeah. our culture, like look around. I mean, some of the pet doctors that, that get divisive are, you know, homeschooling or hymns or, you know, Uh, other issues along those lines. And it's, it's like, listen, I I mean, I homeschool my kids, but there are other ways to parent and school your kids. Chris, Chris kids go to school. I never have I looked at Chris and been like, you're less godly in that decision, you know? And so if you allow that decision to climb to the top, you're going to split the church because you can't be unified around things that God hasn't called us to be unified around. Amen. He's called us to be unified around the gospel not around the kind of schooling you give your kids. Mm-hmm. And so honestly, if if that's the number one issue to you, then I would, I, and you're not willing to change, I would say Cornerstone is not the church for you. Go somewhere else. right? Mm. Go, go somewhere where they, they'll worship schooling methods, but yeah. don't be here because you're actually making our ministry. You're, you're dividing our ministry. I mean, we're not here for that. Right. Yeah. And the Spirit's telling you to move on mm. or repent. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. There's my line in the sand on that, by the way.
2: Spirit's, Spirit's leading us to be teachable.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. Yep. 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 And that's the beauty, right, is the ability to put your differences aside and still love people. Mm. I mean, God does that all the time mm-hmm. because we are not 100% in line with God. And the Spirit, I don't want to say he puts his differences aside because he's going to lead us ultimately to be in the image of God. Mm-hmm. Right? He's going. To, he is going to conform us on that last day. We're going to be glorified. But at the same token, those differences don't prevent him from continuing to minister to us and grow us.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. True.
0: And that, that's how the spirit works.
1: One day we'll all eat In-N-Out Burger. Mm. Yeah, that will not be <laughs> in n Burger. It is sanctified. They put yes. John, you know, oh my gosh. 316 on oh my their gosh. cups. Oh Come, on. Amen.
2: Come on. Come on.
0: All right. I'm going to mute John you now. John <laughs> 316. Yep. The power of the board. <laughs> Man. I oh, got this little mute button here, Chris.
1: Yeah. So, and and we're not saying like, there's no room for coffee talk discussions, right? Like we do that all the time. Yes. Um, but we're always, you know, keeping our, our focus on the main thing, the gospel the ministry, serving each other, loving, um, getting to know more about God and getting to know more about each other so we can serve each other better. Yeah. Um, and those are kinda of like the our philosophy and how we operate and uh all the the other things that, that the differences that, that we do have because of our backgrounds. Um I mean those are we we can still work together uh because they're not the main thing. Yes. At the end of the day I can yeah, I think the spirit leads us to not die on every hill. <laughs> yes, yeah, <laughs> yes. Agreed. Imagine having to die on every hill. Uh, oh gosh, you'll probably won't sleep because then you'll log yeah. into Facebook and yeah, <laughs> yeah. fight some, every single yeah.
0: People, people that die on every hill don't realize that that you become a noisy gong. Nobody wants mm. to talk to you, yeah, because you're scared to talk. You're scared to say anything to that person because you know they're going to respond with some kind of correction. But ultimately, you know, that person's growing too, so they're not perfect in their theology. Right. It's really it's really a a lack of immaturity. And the funny part is how many times do do you hear people in the church who meet somebody who has a lot of theological convictions think of that as mature? And it's like the ability to articulate twenty-five different doctrines doesn't make that man mature. Mm. Look at look at the way his wife, look at his wife, look at his kids. And sometimes, right. You could still have unbeliever kids, but look at his family, look at their commitments and look at their relationships there. You'll find out if he's really, if he really believes what he, all of his doctrine. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, the guy that corrects everybody in the church, you're actually, you're actually like a pill. You, 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 you need to go in the corner and you need to be quiet and you need to listen and you need to go home and start praying for people and you, you, you need to be more quiet. You know what I mean? Like, your job in the church is not to correct every error you see. In fact, you're unloving the spirit. That's not the spirit's leadership. That's your flesh's leadership. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? And yep. we're again, we're not saying uh, the. Well, we we caveated kind of this whole thing at the beginning, right? That we're not saying we're not pursuing holiness. Go learn how to love people that are different than you. You will grow in holiness through that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By
2: the way, that's harder than yes. than avoiding sin. Yes. Loving people is harder than avoiding sin. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I think it was recently we I realized it's easy to be angry. It's easy to hate. It takes no work to do either one of those. And it actually takes no work to turn your back on people and to say, I'm done with you because of who you are. It takes work to strive with people, and the Spirit empowers us to do that, mm-hmm. which is why you need the Holy Spirit to pursue peace. You need the Holy Spirit to truly love people. You need the Holy Spirit to do the things that God has called us to because the flesh is easy it's just the simple way out Imagine. because it's who we are mm-hmm. yeah anyway okay so just to kind of summarize we've talked about God the God the Holy Spirit's a person he indwells us uh, understanding his word will help us understand his voice and his testimony and therefore how to follow him uh, we've talked a little bit about unity about how the spirit will allow us to even keep our differences aside and keep us focused on the gospel and walking and making disciples. Now, uh, I had one more comment, but did we have any, what was,
2: no, I think that's good. Yeah. Okay. okay.
0: So then the only thing else I want to talk about is why the Holy spirit prevents me from worrying about the slippery slope. Uh, yep. Yeah. Because this one I hear a lot and I heard a lot in seminary where, you know, basically somebody would be like, you know, in Genesis it says that God repented and, um, You know, so you got somebody's like, oh, but you can't, you can't say that because that opens the door to like a person believing something that might lead them like slippery slope, slippery slope. And I got to be honest with you. When somebody gives me the slippery slope, like warning, oh, warning. If you say that, it could be open the door to a slippery slope. I, in my head, I'm like, I don't care. I don't care about your slippery slope. I don't care if it's dangerous if it's true and it's biblical, then I don't care if it's dangerous or not dangerous. It doesn't bother me. And here's why. If you're an unbeliever in the church playing playing believer, nothing I say, right, I I'm not going to say anything that's going to lead you to more unbelief. You are already an unbeliever. And... <clears throat> We always use these examples, right? Rare, by the way, this is a principle I go on. Random weird occurrences should not set up the way you do business, right? Oh, there was a kid in a tree with a chainsaw and we gave him a shotgun and he shot a kid. So therefore, no kids should ever have shotguns. It's like you have a hundred things going on in that and you took this This thing that, right, it made national news because it's never happened before. It's such a weird occurrence. Mm. And then we want to make policy off of that. So, like, the same thing happens, right? Like, oh, Billy. Billy kind of discovered that God changed his mind in Genesis, and he walked away from the faith. So you shouldn't have said that because, you see, you walked away from the faith. And the reality is, like, quit thinking about that in a vacuum. If you walk away from the faith, it's because you never were a believer. It's not that you all of a sudden heard something in scripture that opened the door to your unbelief. You already were there and the truth exposed you and you walked out the door. Billy was walking out the door at some point, no matter what you said, like you are not going to keep Billy in the church in unbelief by being safe, quote unquote, safe in the pulpit. There's your safe word.
2: Yeah. (laughs)
0: Right. At some point, the trials of this life are going to come along and Billy's walking out the door anyway, Mm -hmm. because scripture already says they're not going to, time is going to draw out their unbelief and they're going to ultimately leave. So don't let the slippery slope prevent you from saying what is true in scripture, right? If somebody has the Holy spirit they can hear the truth of scripture and the Holy spirit is going to lead them continually in righteousness. Mm -hmm. And I think that's right. It goes back to this, like, well, the slippery slope. So again, kind of what you said earlier, they set up these like walls. Wow. But, but don't say these things about God that though they may be true, they kind of go outside of our little boundary, our little safe zone. Well, a believer can handle the, the nuances of scripture. Yes. Yes. I have no problem with God changing his mind in Genesis because the text says God changed his mind. The text doesn't say God changed his character. The text doesn't say, you know, that God, that God was one way before and another way after. Like the reality is God changes his mind towards people all the time. And how? One minute you didn't believe and you were under the wrath of God. The next minute you believed and you were no longer under the wrath of God. God changed his disposition towards you. God's character didn't change. He didn't change. To a believer, we can hear that and understand that nuance because the Spirit is going to hold on to that nuance, right? The Spirit's not going to let us then take that and be like, oh, God changes every day to whatever we need, right? The Spirit is not going to let us make crazy theological conclusions. Um, we might make crazy theological conclusions, but ultimately the Spirit's going to bring us back, mm-hmm. which is why even for people, people that won't pursue reconciliation, I tentatively say they're probably an unbeliever knowing that it it may just be that the spirit lets them steep in their pride for a while and then bring them out of it. Mm -hmm. Ultimately they're going to come out of it and pursue reconciliation. Mm -hmm. Um, But so, you know, it is possible that somebody, yes, is going to go through kind of the weeds for lack of a, for, you know, to kind of fit the picture for a while because of some crazy theology, but ultimately the spirit's going to bring him back. And I think that's what I'm saying, right? Like this whole, like being scared of the slippery slope. I've never, I, like, I I really do think people that, that have that fear don't fully understand the work of the Holy Spirit because the spirit indwells you, protects you and keeps you in and teaches you. And the reality is none of us are perfect. And he's, You know, my guess is if there was a list of things we all need to learn, all of us have books. If it was published, they'd be big, multi-volume books that take up an entire room. And the Spirit's working through all of that, Mm -hmm. you know, on his time at his level. And so this, like, being scared of saying something because it might slippery slope. Well, Mm -hmm. do they have the Holy Spirit or not? If they have the Holy Spirit, they do. Uh, I found that in fundamentalism, we often view people as idiots. And they're not. If they have the Holy Spirit they're intelligent people. And people with the Holy Spirit want to learn about God. And so be slow, be patient but teach them the truth. Like the spirit is going to guide them. So I I don't know, that's my little rant yeah. about the slippery slope.
2: Yeah, I I agree. I mean that that whole I mean another, I guess another way to say that is like um like don't be insecure about yeah. earth, about your about truth. Yeah. Because the truth like it, it will set people free. Yes, uh, and the spirit keeps us teachable. Yes, so we don't have to worry. We don't have to like build our ministry around worrying about what people will do. Yeah, because we can stand firm on the truth. Yeah, and the truth is not going to change. Um, you know, the the spirit's work is not going to change. So we don't have to. Um, we don't have to operate in fear.
0: Right. Agreed. Yeah, I'm hoping the mailman doesn't ring the doorbell. Oh, <laughs> yeah. he was good. Yeah, he was good. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, teach the truth.
1: and Let the spirit do the work. Let the spirit do the work. Yeah, I was going to say, let the cards fall where they... Yeah. Fall where they let the
0: bodies <laughs> hit the floor. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's yeah. okay. No, yeah.
2: now, I will say, like, even in charismatic circles, there's, there's different charismatics, and I appreciate the ones that don't, you know, they, they realize, even if they do believe the, the gifts are for today... They're they're not uh, they're they're a little bit more balanced and they yeah. you know they, they are there are those who do focus on the main things yeah and I do appreciate and I think that's we're on the other side where we don't necessarily see those kind of works of the spirit today but yeah. you know if we're majoring on the major things like yeah. we can stand in unity with a charismatic and call him brother and yeah. and still say let's do ministry together not not necessarily maybe in a leadership circle, right. but, you know, in the church, you could stand in unity yes. um, with the charismatic.
0: Agreed. Yeah, yeah. The, the whole charismatic debate. I actually think, people, we should talk about the nature of the gifts more so than are the gifts still in play. But mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's a more fair question because if tongues does exist, it doesn't look like what they're doing. Correct. And if prophecy exists, well, in a way, prophecy does exist because prophecy is preaching. Mm-hmm. However, scripture also says that if you're trying to predict the future and you're wrong at one point, you're a false prophet and should be stoned. So, yeah. you know, you kind of have this like, why don't we talk about the nature of that? So, when Grudem comes along and says something like, there's um fallible prophecy, well, that's trash. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so, anyway, but, but I really do think that misses the point too. I, yeah. I mean, the discussion of wasting... A lot of time is being wasted on things that if we came back to these foundational things about the Holy Spirit, that's going to get you to focus on the word. Because mm-hmm. the better you understand the word and what the word is trying to reveal to you, the better the more likely right, the more likely you're to recognize the influence of the Holy Spirit, the less likely you're to grieve the Holy Spirit according to Ephesians. We can grieve the spirit. Mm-hmm. And I think I think when we know the Spirit and Scripture want us to do something and we choose not to, we are grieving the Holy Spirit. Yeah, so, you know, if you if you center on these things, the, then the gifts become kind of a minor discussion. Correct. Yeah, yeah. and there are wackies out there, but there yes. are always going to be wackies out there. Yeah. And I actually don't think they're worth our time. Mm-hmm. You know, when somebody comes, I'm like, did you hear about this church in, in Japan and the wacky view they had? No. <laughs> Do you want to hear about it? No, because it's a waste of time.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think just yeah. an observation as the, the, the Spirit matures us. I think we also learn how to navigate priorities in doctrine. Yes, agreed. Not, not every doctrine. Every doctrine is important, but not every doctrine is Should be emphasized at the same level. Agreed. Um, and so you have you have people who are who are elevating every single doctrine and 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 really that's the the effect of that is you end up dying on every single doctrinal hill. Yes, when some doctrines are actually more weighty. Yes, and others.
0: Yeah, and Jesus even says that. Yes, you, you, you know, you tithe your mint and your deal, but you neglect the weightier matters of the law, right? Mm. Which needs to indicate to us that you know there are there are weightier issues. Homeschooling is not a weighty issue.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: you know, I I really do think yeah we shall. Yeah. I want to have a black and white gray discussion on the podcast at some point because I think I think a lot of Christians need to ask the question. Wait a minute. If we did this, how how could we do this in a godly way? Right. Rather than just looking at something saying, Oh, you can't do that. You can't drink. No no Christian can ever drink. Um, well, well let's let's ask it a different Except way. Except
2: Jesus and his apostles. Yes, yes, yes,
0: yes, yes. <laughs> if if a Christian were to drink, what principles would you like to see it play in that drinking? Mm-hmm. Um one, I would like to see celebration.
1: Mm.
0: You know, not because you had a hard day and you're depressed and you need a little like masking. That that's the wrong reason to pick up a drink. Mm. Hey, let's celebrate Two, um, I enjoy the taste of this. Three, I'm only going to have this amount, and I'm not going to exceed that amount. So, a controlled. You're going to be controlled in your drink, and you're just probably not something you're going to do every day. And then you're not going to run around and boast about it. You know, mm. uh, people people don't come into church on Sunday and be like, hey, you know, yesterday I had a coke. It was a good <laughs> coke. I had it. Drink it. Sat down and drank a coke and listened to jazz music. By the way, nobody wow. nobody listens nobody. to jazz music. Wait,
2: no, okay. Wait. You guys don't know jazz. <laughs> what kind of jazz music you listen to? I listen to jazz music all, music all do the you?
0: time. Yeah, I I actually am a white boy that rejects jazz music.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. you're <laughs> probably rejecting a certain kind of jazz. You're probably rejecting elevator jazz.
0: But do you remember that? Did you ever see that stuff white people like article where they were like white people. The quintessential white person night of relaxing is to pour a glass of wine and listen to jazz music. Uh, And then they're like, but what they don't realize is every other ethnic group left jazz music back in the 60s. Wow. That's funny. That's why I make that joke. Yeah. The reality is, I don't get to sit down at night and listen to music because I have kids.
2: That's alone time for people who don't have kids.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah, uh, maybe that's your fireplace place over here is like perfect for jazz music too. Yeah, Jazz music, far place. Oh.
0: Yeah. Nah, I'd rather have Led Zeppelin.
1: <laughs> Which I appreciate too.
0: I
2: appreciate Led Zeppelin. I appreciate jazz music. You know, classical Zeppelin's classical actually a
0: form of jazz music.
2: Well, yeah. If you listen to a lot of the, the stuff, the chord progressions they do... It's very unique, yeah, and they're not you know they're not it's not one, one four, five like all day long, it's yeah. all over the place sometimes, and different rhythmic yeah um
1: things going on there. I love well, how focused our podcast is oh sorry very yeah, well. yeah. wait wait a minute, but listen, but wait listen, a-
0: this is important because <laughs> if you listen to some of your stuff that doesn't make the radio, you'll pick up a jazziness to it, and you can tell that they were they were pushing the envelope of the time, and see so- you do
1: like jazz, see.
0: Well, <laughs> yes. I just like it more refined yeah. through, through like a hint kind of
1: seventies rock. Like maybe. a hint of
2: jazz in no, music. I, yeah. I just I can't. At some point I can't take too much of any music. I have to change it at some point. Like I just like okay, I can't bored now.
0: You know what the worst was when you had a friend that was like, Oh, listen to this song and they get halfway through the song and then they change it and you're like, "Dude, dude, we didn't even finish the song. <laughs> it's like
2: you know uh, listen
0: to Hotel California. Stop it before the the uh if you
2: play it backwards though, was very oh, it's gosh. very evil. <laughs> stop it before the guitar solo. Uh,
0: no, don't stop the guitar solo. You
2: yep. can hear subliminal yeah. messages.
0: Anyway, I think that's all. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, sorry. We, we got off track. Way to go, Chris. You have come <laughs> so, on and we talk about Led Zeppelin. Oh, I blame gosh. you. So, yeah. So, in that case, right, how do you honor the spirit in your church? Teach the word of God. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, teach people Jesus Christ. Teach them who he is and, and encourage them to follow his voice, right? Like listen, follow the voice of the Spirit who is communicating through his word. You know, he is prompting you to love people. He is prompting you to, to encourage and and show people the peace that he offers. Mm. He is trying to get you to understand Christ better so that you rest in Christ and you rejoice in Christ. Mm. He, he is trying, right, um, he's trying to teach you the truth. If you have no, and I think this is an important point. If you have no desire to learn the truth, you may not have the spirit in you. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's fair. If you're just like, oh, the truth is completely boring, I don't want to know any of it, yeah, that, you may not have the Holy Spirit in you. Um, Which is honestly, I think, right, uh, the whole desire to defeat emotions on Sunday, to me is antithetical to the spirit's leadership. So, yeah, the spirit is trying to get you to grow in truth because you, he's also trying to get you to, to be good in the way you live. Yes. And that's defined by truth. That's yes. defined by scripture. And so the spirit is trying to teach you him so that you can follow him better. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so um, the spirit's going to be patient with you because you're a human being. And yet he's going to lead you to be patient with others. Amen. He's going to be kind to you and he's going to lead the same way. And so, right. The more I understand who God is, the better I understand how to love people around me too. And how to serve those people around me, because now I understand how God serves Mm -hmm. and the spirit, the spirit is not leading you to turn your back on people, by the way. Um, He's leading you to reconcile and to serve. And that that's, That's why line in the sand Christianity to me is, is not a spirit filled Christianity. Well, those people do this evil thing over there. Yeah. Actually we all do that evil thing over there. And if God thought like that, none of us would be saved. So go serve. Uh, yeah. And that's, that's the spirit's work, right? He is trying to lead you, you know, when you're in the, when you're, you know, on an airplane or sitting next to somebody and you hear this, like, Hey, strike up a conversation and try to tell this person the gospel. You know, I, I have no problem with somebody who says, Well, the spirit led me to do that. Of course, he did. What, what are we going to say that that was satanic work? Like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> Satan spoke. Like, I wanted to say the spirit led me to do it, but, you know, like this, it is fair to say the spirit led me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What needs to follow that is something biblical, mm-hmm. you know? And so, even then, like, you know, you'll hear people make dumb decisions and they'll be like, Well, but I feel at peace about it. Um, That's not necessarily the spirit leading you at peace. Yeah. Like the spirit also gave you wise Christians around you mm. and your elders to say, yay or nay, you know? And so how many times have you heard that? But I feel at peace. Well, yeah, but what you're about to do is actually the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, so that's not the spirit leading you, mm. you know? And again, not trying to insult yeah. anybody there, but, but the Bible yeah. does call some of our actions foolish, mm. ignorant, dumb, like, no, they're, they're, you can do foolish things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and those are not spirit-filled. Just because yep. you feel good about it doesn't mean that that's actually the spirit.
2: That's interesting. We tend to use the the God's, the Trinity as a trump card. Like God said, the yep. Lord said, or the Spirit told me. Yeah, X Y Z. Yep. Therefore, you know, now I have authority over. Here. And really, if you really know what, really want to know what the Spirit said, just just learn. He's actually leading you to learn the scriptures. Yes, and learn God through through the scriptures. I guess that's what. Ultimately, right, how do we learn about a transcendent God? The yep. Spirit has to lead us to a black and white truth so yep. that we can learn about the transcendent. Because we can't just like grasp the transcendent God out of thin air yes. and expect to know Him. Yep. He's got to teach us about Himself.
0: And the Spirit, you know, <clears throat> even take that. Um, well, but, but I feel at peace with this, even though the elders and all the wise people in the church are saying no. Right. Is the Spirit circumnavigating his own is, is the spirit now saying to you, Hey, you are right. And I'm going to ignore the entire head and body and hierarchy of the church. So you're right. Like the spirit is actually the spirit's leadership. That's how you can know God's will. The spirit's leadership is going to show you that you're in line with the community. Does that make sense? So when you you pit your own decision and you look at the community and say, hey, I know all of you guys are saying what I'm doing is wrong, but I feel at peace with this, so I know the Spirit's with me. Mm -hmm. So what you just said is the Spirit has designed you to be the community that teaches truth, instructs me, helps me with blind spots. What you're saying is the Spirit is now circumnavigating his own process as well. Yep like the spirit set up the church. Yep. You know, the the trinity set up the church. And this is why this is this maybe is a future podcast discussion, but that this is why I look, yes, you need to read scripture. Yes, you need to know scripture, but yes, you also have to allow your community into your life. Yeah. And I think cults happen when we say it's only the community's voice. Hmm. Um no, it yes, you've also got to give you've got to give an account too of your understanding of scripture. But, but at the flip side, like you can't, it's not an either or, it's a mm-hmm. both and. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so that's,
2: that's another thing too about insecurities, like a, a cult will, um, a cult will, um, like lock their people into only their interpretation of something Yes. because they're scared. They don't want you to be led by something else. Whereas if we truly, if we truly believe a person has a Holy Spirit, they can, they can you know they can read different authors and process it and yes. not necessarily be led to their same conclusions. Yes. So you don't have to necessarily protect people from different viewpoints. Yep. You just got to give them the right viewpoint and yep. let the spirit build yep. on that right viewpoint. Mm-hmm.
0: That's a really good point because I know, you know, even, even in some of the alumni pages, guys are will be upset with other alumni for, for reading different authors. And I always just ask them, like, do, do you trust that your fellow alumni have the Holy spirit, you know, is it, is it okay to have read this slightly wrong author? Like one, you, you don't have a problem when the discernment ministries do it, but now you think because this guy's ministry is not primarily discernment that he's going to be led astray. You, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. and, and that, that's your point. Like, no, if you have the spirit, like there, you know, the spirit's not going to let you go down the wrong avenue. And at the same yeah. token, it is good to chime outside mm-hmm. of your, um, you, you posted on this the other day. It's, it's good to chime outside of your camp mm-hmm. and to listen to those that disagree with you because there is also where, you know, you allow others to maybe expose your blind spots.
2: Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. You want your convictions challenged. Yes. Because uh that's how you know your convictions are true. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> because Yeah. Yeah. If you're never challenged, how do you know? Yes. You have to be you have to be challenged. Yeah. And um because it's got to go like truth will truth can stand with withstand any test. Yeah. It, it will truth will always rise to the top. Yeah. And you know uh you know granted we're going to be sinful in in different ways, but like you can trust that the truth and the spirit will work. Yeah. In anybody
0: you know th- this is something else too because i know the spirit is growing every individual this becomes important because uh, i was i've been thinking about this yesterday in all the organizations i've ever been a part of um there's this there's this tendency among people to create a policy that then the effect of the policy is to get people to do something you probably see this in the air force always yeah oh if we do this then people will do this mm. and the reality is That we are to preach the scriptures faithfully, but we actually don't make people do anything Mm -hmm. and -hmm. you can't make people do anything.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: This, but the beauty of the spirit is the reason why you lay down at night, not worried about if people are going to change or not is because the spirit's going to do his job.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And so even understanding the spirit has helped me, Hey, what are our responsibilities? Let's be faithful to our responsibilities. Um, we're not going to try to manipulate church growth. We're mm-hmm. not going to try to manipulate maturity. Mm-hmm. We're not going to sit there with a checklist and, okay, you know, uh, see Billy that you're not doing the four things we preached last month, mm-hmm. you know, um, but trust the spirit, you know, and, and we know there there are issues that the, you know, sometimes when we go through the the kind of roster, you look and you go, man, this, you know, you could, it's easy to look at the roster and say, hey, there's some immature people in our roster. And and sometimes that's a frustrating part of our job. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, there are probably people in the church who are trying to work with those people who are frustrated working with those people. And so what we're saying to you is trust the spirit in the spirit's time. This person is going to grow out of their immaturity. Mm-hmm. You just be faithful to do what you do, you know? Mm-hmm. And sometimes even when you do ministry in the church, the people you ministry minister to their life changes, their context changes, their responsibilities change. And whether you agreed or disagreed with that change or not, your job is still to minister to them and trust. If this person is really God's, the spirit is going to do what he does.
2: Brother, that makes ministry way more enjoyable. Yes, it does. (laughs) Because you you don't have to make anyone do anything. It's like awesome.
0: Well, actually, and I think trying to manipulate the results is one of the worst things you can do. Correct. Because now, you know, I would rather people do what God wants them to do based on convictions Rather than our manipulation. That's why I've never been on board with like, uh, you know, should we text these people to remind them about Wednesday night Bible study? No, like they're, they're either an adult or they're not. Mm. Um, or they, they may have a reason why they can't make Wednesday night, right? There there's a hundred things that are there, but the last thing I want to do is to drag. Once you start dragging people into it, in my opinion, you've opened the door for, for manipulation ministry. I don't have time to do that. Mm you know what, let's just enjoy who comes and have a great time with them. And you know what, like, do I want more of Cornerstone and Bible studies? Yes, but only because I enjoy being with them and I want to get to know them better and I know the benefits and the fruits of being there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at the same token, right, I mean, maybe work makes that impossible, right? There are, there are good reasons why that might not be possible. And then, of course, there are just, there are some of us in Cornerstone that are lazy and that that's a reality Or haven't grown to see why that's an important conviction, you know? And, you know, there's all sorts of things at play there.
2: Yeah. 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 Uh, You've been really helpful in in that and just thinking through that. Because that's my temptation, right? It's like, I want to make people do things. Yeah. So that they can become more, they can grow more. Yeah. But really, it's like, um, no, the spirit's going to grow them. Yep. Mm Yep. Yeah. Just, just do the work of ministry, and the Spirit will yeah. grow them. Just trust the process. Yes, yeah.
0: and and that process. Here's here's my take on that. Um, what I, what I've come to see is, if you, if you're dealing with somebody who's immature, and you realize they're they're maybe not faithful to their responsibilities, I almost think you're better off to just keep teaching them Christ than you are to shame them into their lack of doing what they should do. Mm -hmm. You know, you should be doing this shaming people. uh, I think Keller brought this up recently. Shaming people is actually a form of manipulation and pride. It is Mm -hmm. Uh, because, and it's actually a form of works based salvation. Almost. That's what some people think church discipline is. Shaming Shaming, shaming them. Yes. Shaming them into obedience. It should be a unified voice of, Hey brother, we all recognize you're not acting like a believer. Right. Yeah. Mm. That's, that's what it should be. Mm-hmm. But you're right. So, to, so the shaming process is is not helpful. It's not, that's actually not a spirit-ordained process. Um, but if you put Christ before people and they start to learn Christ, the more you know Christ, the more you're going to love the things of Christ. And it's hard to love Christ and look up at these people you go to church with and go, I don't want to be with these people more. You're going to want to be with them more at some point, point. Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so you just trust that the spirit, as he matures, people at some point somebody goes, you know what, I've held off on this for four years, I got to start going. Even if I'm the only one in the family, I'm going to start going. Honey, mm-hmm. I'll see you later. Uh, I'm going to mm-hmm. start going. You know what I mean? Like you, and you just you just got to let the spirit do his thing. And mm-hmm. to, when they show up, you have a smile on, and hey, glad to see you. Yep. You know, because the worst thing you, I, I really do think, right. Shaming people is not, it's not, it's not good for the long haul.
2: No, just, it creates, um, uh, uh, resentment.
0: Yes, I agree. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Right. Like that's like, that's like PTSD for a- Asian kids mm. <laughs> with parents that <laughs> yeah, shamed them their okay. whole life. You got an a
0: A minus.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. shame on you. Yeah. Brought shame to the family. Yeah.
0: yeah. Or, well, and that's the worst that I've seen among that community is the, um, I know you're married, but you need to honor your parents. Yeah. But but what you're asking them to do is actually to dishonor their spouse. Yeah. That's the worst. I've
2: known parents that made their kid get married to a person that, you know, just, just so that they can be married and like start their life. And yeah, it's it's just, that's bad counsel.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, obviously somebody could hear this and be like, that's pretty racist of you guys, but it's, it's part of that culture and so you know we we've have enough in in this church to say hey we've learned some of the nuances of every culture every culture has strengths and weaknesses mm-hmm. and the shame part of of some of the asian culture is not healthy it's not beneficial it's not good it's not righteous mm-hmm. and it needs to be confronted and it needs to be addressed and now on the flip side you know there there's part of the american culture that needs to be confronted and be addressed too. And mm-hmm. in America, it's almost like safe to rebel. You know, everybody can be a rebel because that's yeah. how Americans are. No, no, it's actually not okay. Like you, you need to recognize that, you know, um, sometimes I use words or I say things out of a love that are cultural. They're part of the cultural standards and you know, the spirit that's part of the spirit's leadership is, you know, so anyway, hmm. all right. I know this is a longer podcast than normal, but Hopefully it was good, helpful. Our holiday Holy Spirit,
2: ah, wow. Holy Spirit. The, the holiday oh, oh
0: hey, that's what that's what
2: Holy Spirit can mean from now on. Yes, the yeah, holiday, Holy the Holy Spirit, holiday Spirit, holiday Spirit is. is. Yeah,
0: it's the Holy Spirit.
2: Yeah, I like it. Yeah. we got the fireplace and the spirits setting
0: us on fire. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, we actually talked about a lot this podcast. I think so. Who, yeah. how he works, how we how we understand him in the Trinity, why it allows you to sleep well at night
2: how he he leads you, how he leads us. Yep.
0: Yeah. And there are so many things we didn't talk about. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. But the key to growing in holiness is to know the Lord personally. Yep. And the Holy Spirit leads his people to know him personally, and to that we rejoice. All right. Should we key the exit music? Yes, sir. All right. Love you guys. We'll see you later. Amen.